When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to On the Clock, Washington Commanders edition here on Forward Progress, a part of the Hammer Betting Network. If you're new to this series, what we're going to do here today is we're going to draft as if we were in the general manager's shoes for the Washington Commanders. We've already done about 10 of these. Make sure you're subscribed to Forward Progress here on YouTube so you can get alerts and notifications when we release more of these in the future. And if you want to check out the past ones, be sure to do that. We have a playlist up where you can go through all the previous ones that we've done. Call me an idiot for my drafting. Tell me you like my drafting if you did. Uh, we take the feedback and, and we do appreciate the interaction here on Forward Progress. As is customary, when we do have fans of a specific team, I do like to work them in to this specific draft. So we're going to bring in Eric Pauly. He's the director of analytical and at the gold sheet. And we're introducing him because he's a big Washington commanders fan. Eric, how's it going? It's going very well, Rob. And before we get into it, I need to preface this by saying, well, of course I love the Washington commanders. got the Terry Jersey, the hat on. I am as unbiased as I possibly can be in evaluating the commanders, whether it be handicapping mock drafts off season. I am not an, hopeless optimist or a pessimist by any means. I try my best to be an absolute realist under any circumstance. So, of course, I love the commanders, but you're getting a realist point of view on this team from somebody who follows them 24-7, 365. Perfect. That's what we strive for here on the Hammer Betting Network. It's authenticity. The first video I did in the series was Dallas Cowboys. I can admit where the Dallas Cowboys have faults and where they need to improve. Um, so we're going to get into the Washington commanders here, Eric. And let's start with the offseason because – I'm, you know, I'm doing the prep and I'm looking at the Washington offseason. A lot of these teams have made like dozens of moves. Washington, for the most part, had a pretty quiet offseason. They signed Trent Scott, Jacoby Brissett, Cody Barton. But outside of that, I mean, not a whole lot of buzz around the commanders this offseason. Yeah, so the biggest buzz for Washington is more from a full team perspective. And that's who's going to be the owner of the commanders, whether that sale happens prior to draft night prior to minicamp and off-season training programs happening, whether that happens before week one, which it's looking like it's more and more likely that the team is going to be sold immediately. So it definitely handcuffs Washington's ability to make a lot of moves because Dan Schneider, the current owner, is not going to want to tie up a lot of money into something that's happening with the commanders. He's going to be selling the team to a Jeff Bezos, the Josh Harris, Magic Johnson group in the upcoming days, potentially weeks or months. So What's going on with Washington, a lot of it just has to do with so much uncertainty from the tippy-top of the organization, which is preventing Washington, which we'll sure we'll talk about in a little bit in more detail, of doing things like going after a Lamar Jackson, getting rid of a head coach, Ron Rivera, who has actually just not been a great head coach in his entire career, and maybe making some other front office changes. And while we have a decent roster, in the front office kind of completely resetting and going from, from scratch there, a lot of that has to do with what's looming with the ownership situation in Washington. 
I definitely want to hit on the Lamar Jackson point because there's a lot of teams that are going to be in this position come draft time, which is in a couple of weeks where Lamar Jackson still might be available. They're in a position where they can make a trade for quarterback. They could potentially draft a quarterback. I mean, looking at Washington going into this year, you have Sam Howell, you have Jacoby Brissett. If you're approaching the commander's draft this year, what do you do at the quarterback position? Do you, do you just kind of let it, let it ride? Do you like, I'm just very curious of your perspective on what Washington does and how they like approach this draft in terms of finding a franchise quarterback. Yeah. So listen, I completely understand that when you're going out as a team and making a move for a Lamar Jackson, it's not just, you get a player, you have to give up two first round picks. You're going to have to tie up a ton of your salary cap moving forward for Lamar, who of course, 2019 MVP, but has missed a bunch of games over the last couple of seasons. And while I'm an absolute Lamar Jackson stand, it's impossible to deny that his play style generally does not have longevity in the course of the NFL career. So Ron Rivera recently at the owners meeting said how the Washington did not believe that he, that Lamar Jackson fit what they were trying to do. And I think that's just a blasphemous statement. You look at Washington pound for pound. If you add a Lamar Jackson to the fold, they're on a very similar playing field to a Dallas Cowboys, to a Philadelphia Eagles. They're better than the New York Giants. So I can't really wrap my head around all this. I completely understand maybe giving Sam Howell a chance. You know, we had that first round pedigree two seasons ago before he was drafted, but ended up falling to the fifth round. So it's like, how excited can you truly be? And then you bring in Brissett to be the backup. But Jacoby Brissett was one of the top 12 best quarterbacks in football last season on an EPA perspective. So I think Washington, a lot, again, with some of the issues, like their plan is completely flawed from the get-go because it's what you pray that Howell is great or Jacoby comes in and kind of saves the season like Heineke's done in the past. Then what, we're one of the worst teams in football this year and we put all the eggs in the Caleb Williams basket when it's like, why not give a chance to Lamar Jackson who's proven it? So I think Washington, of course, is going to be drafting a quarterback maybe later in the in the draft. I do not expect them to target one in the first two rounds, but are – just stubbornness. I don't even know the best word to describe, but our lack of desire for going after Lamar Jackson so publicly, unless that's all a smokescreen, makes zero sense to me. So Washington's drafting 16th overall in the first round. I think the challenge with the commander's organization is they find themselves in this state that I think no team wants to find themselves in, which is not terrible and not great. And you're like in that middle pack where you're drafting in the, in the, the middle round. So I'm curious whether... Like the NFC is wide open this year, right? When we look at Philadelphia, loses a bunch of defensive players in the offseason. San Francisco has huge uncertainties at quarterback. There's really, I mean, a lot of teams in the, in the NFC are going to look at their roster and they're going to say, are we that far off from competing? I think Washington's in that state right now. And I do want to take a look at their roster going into the year. This is their offensive personnel. Break it down for me, Eric. Where do you see the strengths and potentially weaknesses that we have to target in the draft? Uh, with this Washington Commanders offense? Yes, certainly. So a strength of this team, and you wouldn't know it by some of our metrics last season because we have lacked a quarterback for, for forever, basically, since I've been alive, at least, is our wide receiver core really is solid. You have Terry McLaurin under contract. He made the Pro Bowl last year. You saw the talent. Jahan Dotson, first-round rookie last year, when he was healthy last season, was electric. And the fact that we have those now four, three more years than plus that team option we can pick up, that's a huge asset to have. Curtis Samuel at the time, I was not in love with the contract, but only getting $10 million per year on a guy like Samuel is not the worst value. So that receiver core, then with the running backs, you have Brian Robinson who looked good after his return from injury. And Antonio Gibson, who has been kind of polarizing, but he's shown a mixed skill set as a receiving back and a running back. So in terms of skill positions were set, 
Tight ends certainly can use some look. Logan Thomas certainly still is a cut candidate. And we have a bunch of young names there that could step into roles, but obviously we'd like somebody more concrete tight end position. Quarterback, of course, we'll be talking about that ad nauseum. But our offensive line two seasons ago was ranked one of the best offensive lines by pro football focus. And while I love some of the work they do, I personally disagreed from watching them. And then they went to the season last year adding – uh, Andrew Norwell and a couple of other players that Ron Rivera, of course, was familiar with in Carolina. And that's how he's built a lot of this team, which has not worked out well at all. And their offensive line couldn't block anybody last year, making it life even more difficult for Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, even though they are subpar, very subpar quarterbacks in the first place. But the offensive line is first and foremost the biggest need that Washington has. Sam Cosme, second round pick two years ago, has not really panned out. And Charles Leno, Leno older player. He's just not that stalwart left tackle you need. Yeah, they really didn't address it in the offseason via free agency. I know they brought in Nick Gates, but Nick Gates is just basically like, you know, rotational offensive line mm-hmm. player. Add some depth if you need someone like that. Trent Scott, um, you know, Andrew Wiley as well. It, they're just not moving the needles with these additions. So uh, I completely agree with you in terms of, um, you know, that being a, a first and foremost need for them. Let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball as well. And you tell me here what you see on the defensive side of the ball in terms of where the upgrades need to happen. So defensive line, fantastic. Absolutely love what we're doing. Uh, Obviously, we rewarded John and Duran with those big contracts. Montez Sweat, Chase Young, those questions are looming on how they're going to approach that. But where we need help certainly is in the linebacker spot. Jamin Davis, a first-round pick two years ago, has actually played really well last season. He came on toward the end, but we need some more production from the linebacker crew, middle linebacker as well. Cornerback has been very interesting as well. I love the Dantzler waiver signing just because low risk, potentially high reward move. Uh, Kendall Fuller has played very well. Definitely not a shutdown cornerback, but good. Benjamin St. Juice, a rookie two years ago, who dealt with concussions a lot his rookie season, has actually come on and been a solid player. But we need more simply depth at safety and at cornerback, and we need a stud linebacker. So we need a full restart from linebacker. We can certainly be targeting a cornerback in the first or second round of this draft as it's a very corner heavy or even a safety because Cameron Curl, one of the most underrated players in football, will be a free agent shortly. I think we should do everything in our power to lock him up. Uh, But if we don't, we're going to have to pivot in this draft to get the next guy in that in that pecking order. I absolutely love Cam Curl. As being a Cowboys fan, it pains me whenever whenever you see great players in the division, always pains you as a fan of another team. Uh, I'm a big Cameron Curl uh, stand. All right, let's get right into it. We're going to do the draft here. Um, so per usual, anyone who's been following on this on the clock series on forward progress, we're doing seven rounds. We're drafting the Washington Commanders. We're going to start with the speed out at slow so we can see what's going on in the early going of this draft, decide if we want to trade up or anything like that. And we're going to keep all the pro football focus presets the exact same as usual. And again, if you haven't watched any other ones in this series, you can do so right here on the Forward Progress channel. Just go back. There's a bunch of them. I promise they're actually really good. And let us know how we do in the comments. Even on this one with Eric, you think Eric did a good job by the end? Could you have drafted something else? So on and so forth. Let us know. We do value the feedback. Ready to go, Eric? Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start here uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Typically, these go Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, 1-2. Not always the case. But uh, I assume that we'll probably have some combination of that in the early going here. Bryce Young. Young. Anthony Richardson. Ooh. Okay. We, okay. Do, we do get one of those every now and then. Arizona almost always takes edge rusher and then CJ Stroud four. So your big QBs off the board there. 
Question will be when Will Levis goes, usually seven to the Raiders, but sometimes falls deeper. There he goes to the Raiders. Tyree Wilson. Very interesting so far. Yeah. Bears, Paris Johnson. They don't always that. follow the same path. Yeah. The Eagles fans would be loving that Christian Gonzalez pick if that's how that goes down, I, I would imagine. I agree with you. Have their choice of Witherspoon or Gonzalez at that point mm-hmm. is pretty big. Uh, Van Ness to the Patriots, and then Nolan Smith right before us. So Washington Commanders on the clock. JSN is still on the board. I believe I don't did a wide receiver go off here. Yeah, Quentin Johnson went off at number 12. Quentin Johnson's been getting like a little bit more steam in recent weeks. I'm not sure if I buy it necessarily. Uh, but we do have options. The most mocked candidate to the Washington Commanders in this spot is Joey Porter Jr. Um, but I'll I'll leave it up to you here to talk through your thoughts quickly, Eric, and potentially whether look to trade down this pick as well as there's actually six offers available right now. Yeah, so I would love to, to see what some of those six offers are because my first thought is to certainly trade back and acquire as many draft picks as possible. I think that's almost like – I don't have the exact statistics in front of me, but almost always that does work out in favor of the team trading back. Of course, you're trading up for a cornerback – excuse me, a quarterback a la Buffalo Bills trading back and the Chiefs going up getting Mahomes. Yep. We could see one of the greatest what-ifs of what was going on in football. But I would definitely look to trade back at any point possible because at 16 – I don't think that Joey Porter Jr., the way he's kind of fallen down the board, and also as a man-to-man kind of guy, watch does a lot more zone coverage type thing. So I think that maybe in terms of just skill set, he might not actually be the best fit. So if we are not trading back and looking at Seattle, I mean, going back to 20, I would certainly do that. But assuming we are sitting firm here, we can go a bunch of different directions. I think we're going to go with a cornerback or safety, and I think that Brian Branch from Alabama fits the holistic kind of mold of the Jack Del Rio defense. But even if we did something crazy and kind of drafted an edge rusher, which we've talked about being one of the best strengths of Washington's defense and entire team, they don't know what they're going to do with Chase Young. And Montez Sweat is a franchise tag candidate for next season, but they could maybe do a non-exclusive tag and trade him for some picks back. So they can really go with them four miles Murphy and kind of really go all in on a strength on strength, which is certainly a great, great way to go about team building we see with the Eagles. But I'm going to play safe and go with Brian Branch here, safety from Alabama, because his versatility matches what a Cameron Curl kind of does, what a Derek Forrest, one of their other young safeties, just adds another overall playmaker to their defense. So I think that overall they can wait on the cornerback and just draft a better overall defensive player here. So what I can do is I can try to trade down to Seattle at 20. There's no guarantee Brian Branch will be on the board if we do that, but we could recoup picks. So what what is your preference? Would you want to try to trade down to Seattle, or do you like Brian Branch in this spot no matter what, willing to take him at 16? I think we could trade down. Okay. My so option on the table, I should certainly love to see Washington trading down on, on draft night. Yeah, so, I mean, we can get essentially the – or we can try to get the 52nd pick for trading down. Yeah, and we would certainly consistently use that. So if they had a chance of accepting that – I would, uh, I think Washington fans would be delighted, and the GM, Mari Mayhew, would be delighted. But I guess we'll see if uh, Seattle's willing to budge. We got it. So we're down, we, we, we're moving down to 20, and we've added a 50 second pick, which I honestly think is the right move here as well. Um, let you have now, let's see. We'll resume the draft. We'll see. Miles Murphy goes 16. Interesting. Makes sense. There's Joey Porter, Steelers, Bijan Robinson. Seen that popular yeah. mark. And yeah. and we there we go. We still have Brian Branch in the spot if you want him here at 20. I would just go with Brian Branch. Uh, I like what Dalton can 
Kincaid can do from Utah, but I don't think Washington needs to spend the first-round pick on a tight end. Obviously, I love JSN. I don't think there's any chance he'd fall to 20 in real life, but it doesn't fit Washington. I would lock in Brian Branch from Alabama. Okay, so I'm going to adjust the speed to fast for after this pick so we can get to 47. Brian Branch, Alabama, going to the Washington Commanders. We move through pretty quickly. JSN fell to 23, I think, to the Vikings. Imagine JSN across from, from uh, <laughs> Justin Jefferson. Absurd. Okay, so those. we're no, at 47 now. Okay. Um, talk me through. I, I'll, I'll scroll through the board here. If there's anyone that catches your eye, you let me know. If you want me to filter by position or anything like that, you can also let me know. Yeah, so historically, Washington's second round has been dreadful over the past decade plus. The players we've picked, there has not been one who's actually panned out, unfortunately for us. But first things first for the commanders is, okay, we locked in a versatile safety that I think has a better position value than being pick over 20. I know the safety debate is there and how valuable they are, but I think we're adding just a good playmaker on defense that that was a great pick. But we have to go to the offensive line for the commanders for the second round pick. It's, it's impossible to ignore. So if you could filter by tackle, if possible. Um, let's see. Is our guy Blake Freeland? That's who, exactly who I'm looking for. His ADP is a little bit low, and his rank on this is, in my opinion, a little low. I do like Cody Mauch, too, from North Dakota State. I'm actually going to go with him because if you have those guys like a who come from that high D2 programs – the fact that they're valued this highly, I'm not saying it's obviously a guarantee that they do turn out to be a great NFL prospect, but if they're part of – he went to the senior bowl, I saw it. It was very impressive there. Uh, need for tackle is beyond apparent, so I think Cody Mauch would be a fantastic pick for Washington. Give some competition for Sam Cosby at right tackle. Worst-case scenario, and best case, we have a good, young starting left tackle. Okay, let's go for it. Cody Mauch is the pick. We're going down to 52 here, which is the pick we just acquired in the trade mm-hmm. with Seattle. No trade offers available to us here, so we do have to use the pick. Okay, so I'm already looking at uh, the edge from USC. I don't want to be butchering too many names out here. I, I'm with you here, so don't worry about that. Tuli Tui Pulotu? Tui Tui yeah, Pulotu. I, I have, I'm very intrigued by him because I was going back to what I said with the Montez Sweat Chase Young situation. Last year, we decided to draft Phil Mathis in the second round of the mm-hmm. draft, even though we had Deron Payne and John Allen. We weren't sure what we were going to do with them. Mathis ends up tearing his ACL in the first game of the season. Deron Payne has a Pro Bowl fantastic season. He gets rewarded, and now we just have another rotational piece in Fidarius Mathis when he comes back. I think that Thule could be exactly that same kind of plug-and-play piece that maybe if we do lose Montez or Chase, ideally we get a guy in the second round who can fill in that position or if we're able to secure Tez and Chase, now we just have another young edge piece for not that much money. So I'm going to go with uh, Thule from USC to be our second second-round pick. I think it makes so much sense for Washington. All right, locking it in. I will say this is going to be met with very mixed reviews because uh, I wholeheartedly agree with what you're doing here and the way that you draft in specific. A lot of people will say, well, Washington doesn't have a position of need at edge rusher. But personally... You can never have too many edge rushers in the NFL, never. man. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. So uh, I don't mind the value there, and I don't mind adding another edge rusher. So we're at 97th overall here in the third round. I think that's a great point we just mentioned because adding strength on strength, like we talked about, like the Eagles did with their defensive line once they had some injuries last season, they did not stop adding because having studs at one part and making that – you never want to ha- draft a guy or trade for a guy and still need a guy, right? right. So adding on to those – Positions where you already are strong 
is actually a great way to go about it. But uh, I'm still going to be looking here on potentially a cornerback, uh, Hodges Tomlinson from TCU mm -hmm. could actually be a great pick. We address the safety position, which I guess would technically be a little bit slightly less of a need, but cornerback is certainly a need because Kendall Fuller is on the aging side. Benjamin St. Juice, some injury concerns. And I'm actually a big fan of his, not just as a commander's fan, but he's actually, I think, overplayed some of what he, um, especially his draft position, a fifth round pick, but I don't think he gets some of the respect he deserves. But I think Hodges Tomlinson, uh, again, love the senior. I'm pretty sure was at the senior bowl as well. Is mm -hmm. always people who I target because obviously they made there for a reason. Jim Nagy does an amazing job there. I would just go with another cornerback here. And while again, we do have needs on the offensive line, um, we've actually done a good job, Washington, in terms of finding some good depth pieces later. Um, we do need a linebacker, which I'm not so happy we haven't targeted yet. But again, we've had success with like a Cole Holcomb in the fifth round. He's now yep. with Pittsburgh. So I think we can wait on a linebacker. I'd rather lock in a cornerback and Hodges Tomlinson now. Perfect. We'll do that. The The knock on Hodges Tomlinson is that he's a really small dude, but uh, I've seen him going up and up in the consensus big board drafts um, over the course of the last week or so. So I think that's very, very good positional value there. Uh, we dropped to round four, pick 16. It's 118th overall. Okay. Can we see some of the interior offensive line potentially? Yep. Okay. Um, in terms of value, there might be a little bit of uh, fleeting there. Can we look at um, a linebacker group potentially? Yes. So we have the linebacker Henry Toto from Alabama. I like him as a player, but again, that might be a little rich at 118. Um, there's a lot of ways we can go with this here. I mean, obviously, um, with the draft, you do have to select a player. You're going to see mock drafts. You're going to see other people's grades, but you do need to stay true to your board as an NFL franchise. Um, Ivan Pace Jr. actually is more my speed linebacker from Cincinnati. If we could go take a little bit of a deeper dive into him. Um, overall, really graded out well. And it's nice to see that kind of improvement year over year. I think yep. just in terms of the need, and we're at the in the fourth round, that selecting a linebacker in the fourth round in terms of position, um, senior, but only a 22-year-old, as I saw, is also an intriguing yep intriguing um trait for a fourth round pick especially a position of need yeah so i think uh, the knock on him as well as he's small frame but um pretty pretty decent wingspan um or small wingspan i should say but overall uh i agree with you like the improvement year over year you like to see that um especially that draft like that pff grade from last year is just through the roof um so uh if you're okay with it i can go ahead and lock it in we could certainly lock this in i think that'd be a great addition for washington Okay, uh, so we're going to go down to 150 now. Um, now, PFF addressed the needs of the draft as QB, guard, center, linebacker. We know we're not going to – we talked about this off the top. We were never going to target a, a QB in the early rounds. Um, interior O-line still hasn't been addressed yet. Maybe that's somewhere to look now. Yeah, we should definitely take a look back there. Uh, just in terms of like best available, that's why we kind of went with a linebacker in that spot. But yep. um, we can certainly – let's take a look. I'm looking at my notes quickly as well because we need any form of guard or center. The two guys that Rivera brought from Carolina last year did not do really anything for us well. Is um, uh, McClendon Curtis still available potentially? I don't know. Uh, I would guess soon probably not. Yeah, he would have probably yeah, been off the board. higher up on here because I was a big fan of his as well. But um, 
let's see. Let's see. Jackson Kirkland is a name that I have seen mocked to Washington in other situations. Um, yep. I think that he could be somebody who would help out the commanders um, in terms of, again, just a need of a, of a guard. And you don't need somebody who's uber athletic to be one of your left or right guards. And we need somebody who can come in and be a depth piece at absolute worst. And if this is what Kirkland could give us, then I think that there is certainly some value in taking a big bodied six, seven guy deep in pick 150 of the draft. Yep. All right. I'll go ahead and do it. And I agree with you there. Um, I mean, specifically as well. Um, I mean, we're not reaching. He's been kind of tagged as a fifth round guy that has a path to a starting role. No pressures in the Rose Bowl against Ohio. I mean, that's that's a while back. Uh, no yeah. sacks or hits allowed in 2020. But we'll go ahead. I mean, this is the fifth round at this point. You get a six, seven guy in the fifth round who has upside. Hard, hard to pass on that. So we're dropping all the way to 193. Done well is actually picking, like I mentioned, our second round woes over the past couple of years. We have done really well in the later rounds of the drafts. Benjamin St. Juice, Cameron Curl, seventh round pick a couple of years ago. Cole Holcomb, who got a lot of hate from the Washington fan base. I didn't think it was really warranted. I think that was a great signing for Pittsburgh. Just not like a, an absolute starter or anything like that, but solid yep. football player. Agree with you. Don't I, I, I actually didn't know that the Washington fan base was not a fan of Cole Holcomb. I, I personally not. am. Yeah. No, they were not at all. They were um, kind of not running him completely out of there, but they were not as big of a fan. But um, I think Washington could potentially look maybe at a quarterback at this point in the draft. Um, I'm assuming uh, it's just it's really tough. Like I was going to say Stetson Bennett, is he gone? He clearly is not. That could be somewhere Washington looks, but obviously there are more concerns than his skill set with, with Bennett. We don't know mm-hmm. if uh, he's really up to the task of being that NFL quarterback. Um, I'm not really too familiar with Clayton Toon's game. Max Duggan, I would probably be more willing to take a risk on. And again, the fact that we are in the sixth round, I see Duggan's rank. I don't think that really matters as much right now because you have to pick for your guys. People are going to be all over boards. Like again, if a, if a Cam curls a seventh round pick, that also yep. shows how much uh, teams are kind of sleeping as of how good he was. But I would actually go with Duggan here. Um, okay. There's not, again, there's a low risk, high reward in a situation like this. So might as well play it safe there. You have Brissett, again, as that veteran presence. How we'll be learning. Maybe Duggan comes in and, and provides competition, which is always a great thing in a quarterback room or any room at an NFL level. So I would take a stab on Max Duggan. We had a great season for TCU. Not sure exactly how it will translate. But again, Washington has good skill players. So might as well take a risk on a guy who had a really heck of a season last year. Okay. Max Duggan locked in at 193. We're going to be going down to 215 next. Clayton Toon went right after us. Malik Cunningham went right there. So this was the area where a lot of teams were targeting the, the quarterback position, which is good. Is uh, Warren McClendon available? Georgia, he is an uh, interior offensive line. He is that, not. Unfortunately not. Okay, that would have been a nice pick. I've seen him slotted to the 193, so maybe he was just selected. Um, we can certainly go back to the offensive line here. Alex Forsyth from Oregon the center. We have a decent center in Chase Ruley, a, a very good actually, but he's been injured frequently over the past couple of years. So Washington could be looking to move in a different direction. And he actually might even be a cut candidate to save some money on the cap. So looking for a center specifically, not just only uh, an, o, an IOL that can move to three possessions, but an actual center could definitely be on Washington's draft board, even though from a on paper standpoint, you'd think we're good with Rulier. Julia actually could get dropped. Nick Gates could play some center, but I think Alex Forsyth, an actual center, would be more of a pick. Or even Spencer Anderson, 
uh, sticking with the DMV, um, them drafting a guy from Maryland. He's more of a traditional guard, though. So I think we'll go with Alex Forsyth here. Yeah, Forsyth played every single snap at center throughout his college career. So true and true, bona fide uh, center. And our final pick of the draft is going to be 233, round seven, pick 16. Uh, okay, look at the running backs because uh, while we, yeah. we let D.D. McKissick was injured, so we let him go. Obviously, in terms of positional value, I've been seeing Washington slated to draft Bijan Robinson. Uh, praying we don't do that, even though we get <laughs> certainly a top five to seven talent in the draft. But I would take a look. Oh, Muhammad Ibrahim from from Minnesota. I'm surprised that he's still there. I would honestly not really look too much further than to go with him. Uh, he had some great bursts for some seasons. I know we kind of declined. Yeah, he had a great year as a, as a freshman, dropped in 2021. But I liked what he did last year. And given the thunder and lightning we already have, with the Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson dynamic. I think that adding Ibrahim to, again, a running back room that only consists of those two players now. McKissick had the injury, so they let him go. Um, we have, again, some other guys who are some older veterans that you know aren't necessarily going to be on the team for much longer. If Ibrahim can perform in the passing game, no, next thing you know, J.D. McKissick, I mean, excuse me, Antonio Gibson will be looking for a new team. I'd love to see him with Kyle Shanahan in the 49ers. Side note, he'd be amazing there, but... I think we can lock in Ibrahim to uh, add to the commander's um, running back room. All right. So locked in. That's the final pick of our draft. We'll wait for pro football focus to grade it. This is more un unorthodox for sure. So I don't know how the grading is going to come out, but I totally agree with you, especially when you're in the late rounds. Like we're not just going to follow the pro football focus ranks. You, you target a guy like a Duggan, for example, and maybe they'll serve us a bad pick for that, but you get the guy that you want with some upside. So uh, overall, they do like the move of trading down. They especially like the middle draft picks. Uh, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, I think, was a steal, honestly, at, at, at number 97 overall. Uh, Tuli Tui Pelotu, A as well. Again, Duggan and Forsyth, we get hurt for the, um, I guess, looking for the players that we specifically want. But overall, draft grade, grade B+. Looking back on the draft, what do you think? I think this would be huge for Washington. Adding in a versatile safety potentially a strong tackle, an edge rusher who can complement the potential Montez Sweat Chase Young situation, cornerback, linebacker, guard, all positions of need, center, and potential another weapon to a team that doesn't really need weapons but can add uh, just somebody else to take some snaps potentially off of Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson's workload and can certainly pan out. We know how round seven running backs – I don't care where I'm getting my running back as long as it's not in round one. <laughs> yep, totally agree with you. Another draft in the books for the Washington Commanders. Honestly, as a Cowboys fan, I would hate if Washington had a draft this good. So hopefully uh, hopefully, it doesn't turn out that good. His name's Eric Pauly. You can follow him on Twitter at Slime Action. Check out the gold sheet. He's the director of analytical content for them as well. Eric, thank you very much for joining me. For those who like the content today, make sure you smash that like button. Hit that subscribe on the Forward Progress channel as we're going to round out the rest of the teams up until draft day. This has been On the Clock with the Washington Commanders here on Forward Progress. <laughs>